0: Good day and welcome to our Lumos Learning podcast on how to improve and teach reading effectively. I am Iris Medina, Customers Relations Manager for Lumos Learning. Today I am here with Bonnie McRae, a retired educator. Bonnie, tell us a little bit about your background in education.
1: Thank you so much, Iris, for asking me to join your podcast. My name is Bonnie McRae and I've had over 45 years experience in both public private, charter school, and university-level education. I have taught everything from kindergarten through college. In the beginning of my career, I taught kindergarten and first grade for over 14 years before I moved up to different administrative positions as well. What I have found out is that reading is the basis for all learning. I'm so glad that I've had my experiences and I'm happy to share what I know with you.
0: Thank you. It is apparent that you have been in education, both teaching and supervising for some time. In regard to your blog on reading, what are some of the well-known research-based reading programs used in the United States?
1: In the United States, there are several programs that are used, but the primary ones are either the phonetics linguistic approach or the sight word whole language approach and then the patterning rhyming word approach. Those are the three main basic reading programs that are used in the United States. Can you
0: tell us a little bit about each of these programs? Certainly.
1: In a phonetics or linguistics approach, students are generally started in pre-kinder, kinder and first grade, how to sound out their letters and sounds. And then the teachers start to teach the children how to blend these letters and sounds together. However, the fallacy and errors occur when a teacher has not been taught proper phonetic sounds. For example, too many teachers just use the letter B and say the B sound. When in essence, the letter B says b, it's much softer. I know that they're trying to get the students to understand. However, teachers need to be taught first, the true linguistic sounds, voiced and unvoiced sounds as well. Then once the teacher has taught these sounds in isolation, they can start to sound a word together and sound and blend. Generally speaking, consonants are taught first, then your short vowel sounds, and then sounding and blending with a consonant at the end. The next step would be to go on to have the consonant sounds and long vowel sounds, and keep repeating the sound and blend. So the teacher is the model for the student. At the end, they would add the digraphs and dip songs and the more difficult sounds that are hard to understand in the English language. In the sight word and whole language approach, which was very popular in the 90s, the whole language approach, where teachers label everything in the classroom with the exact words. When students learn new words, they usually are associated with that word and a picture or an action. Everything is labeled. They see and say the words they're shown. Then they put the words together with actions through modeling and making into sentences. These words sometimes don't always follow that phonetic or linguistic background. Very important for students to learn as well. Some students learn by phonics and some students learn better by sight words so in some examples they are a combination of those two programs the third program is the patterning program this basically is teaching a small word two or three letters such as the word cat or bat and then changing the first consonant to a different letter and having the students repeat those this is a helpful for any student who is on a lower level or students coming into the United States with no English background or limited English background such as your ELL or ESL student. We also keep in mind that there are long lists of words that students need to learn at every grade level. We call these most basic one known in the US. Is called the Dolch Sight Word List, and this comes with every grade, le- grade level. So those are the three basic programs used in the United States to help students get that basic foundation of learning to read.
0: Thank you, Bonnie. Does the use of these programs guarantee students success
1: in reading comprehension? Now, unfortunately, Iris, it does not. Too often we have what we call rote readers, where students are just repeating words that they have learned, but they don't understand the vocabulary and they don't understand true fluency. Fluency is a major basis in total reading comprehension.
0: Thank you. Can you explain fluency in more details for us?
1: Certainly. When we talk about fluency in reading, you have to talk about the most aspect of oral reading. And this includes the ability to read selected passages quickly with few or no errors, read with expression, and understand what it is they're reading. Most states do have standardized fluency within their components of curriculum. So when a student is reading orally, and they're fluid, and flowing at a rate, expression is going on, they begin to understand what is being read to them, or what they're reading out loud themselves. Your struggling reader has difficulty because they don't have the flow to make that connection from the text, and their comprehension Comprehension skills are not as high. In order to become a fluent reader, we have to understand that there will be decoding going on for phonics and sight words and examples and modeling given promotionally. In other words, a student can't just automatically learn to be a fluent reader because they know the words. They need to hear the written words read out loud. In the 60s and 70s, oral reading was very prominent in all classrooms in the, throughout the United States. Some models included those of what we call the reading machine, where the students sat at their desk and the teacher showed across the screen words being read to the students or the students reading the words or the teacher modeling for them. This was supposed to help them become fluent readers and also to help with speed reading. Another type that was used in the early days, in the 60s and 70s, was where the teacher would read part of a paragraph and then call on particular students to read aloud. Neither of these programs worked successfully because the student didn't have the understanding or they had a low self-esteem or could not read rapidly off of a reading machine and were embarrassed to read out loud in class. So basically oral reading was dropped out of the classroom. Therefore reading comprehension scores have suffered tremendously, especially with your low socioeconomic students and those students who do not have the background at home that is needed to keep up fluency and vocabulary.
0: Wow, that's really, um, that that's very insightful. What? best practices do you feel help to increase fluency?
1: The practice of repetitive reading, choral reading, at a rate that children can keep up, but yet also understand when sentences start and stop. Punctuation, inflection of a teacher's voice while they're reading with their students. Taped reading is excellent to use especially with those students who do not feel secure in their reading. They have given the opportunity to read along with someone else's voice and then try it on their own and then tape it so that the teacher can see where the student might be struggling. It might be that the student is not struggling with the words at all. It may be that they're literally struggling with sentence structure. It may be that they don't understand inflection and they're not reading with expression. Errors that are noted in paper or reading include omission of words, word substitution, hesitating. Best practices have shown that curriculum-based measurement, or commonly known, CBMR, using multiple reading fluency tests throughout the year, help a student Improve and it can also monitor the student's progress. In fact, many of your federal programs require this type of reading test at the beginning, middle, and end of the year. During the taped reading, the teacher can find out through guidelines, through basic rubrics, their reading levels, whether the student is below or an emergent reader whether they're actually reading on their own instructional level or whether they're an independent reader. And what we hope to gain from our students is that they become independent readers. Students should always be taught at their instructional level, which means they may have about six to 10 errors in about every 100 words they're reading. Repetitive reading research has also shown that students who read the same passage multiple times become more fluent and more understanding with this reading. Some teachers use what we call peer-assisted reading, which is to take a student who is a good reader or an excellent reader and pair them with a struggling reader. In using this type of classroom strategy, it's so important that that good reader is also an empathetic person and that they're understanding and trying to help the struggling reader. So that's one that the teacher needs to be careful how they pair with. Phrase reading happens for the teacher or students read part of the sentence and then others finish the other part of the sentence. The teacher could start the sentence and then the student completes the sentence. One of the things I used to love to do when I was teaching first grade was called sentence strip reading. Students would come to my classroom having no background in reading whatsoever, but they knew they were in first grade, so they wanted so badly to be able to read that very first day of school, which is very difficult with some students. So what I did was place a large table with all kinds of pictures that would interest six- or seven-year-olds, whether it be pets, animals, playing, sports, whatever sceneries might be available. And then I would also have another table spread out with various bright colors of cardboard paper. And each student would have a sentence strip with blank, nothing on it, on their desk. I would allow the students to go choose their own pictures and their own colored paper and glue them down together. And then I would visit privately with each student and say, tell me something about your picture. What is this? And they might reply to me, this is a dog. I would take the sentence and write, this is a dog in correct sentence form. And then I would point to each word with the student and read, this is a dog. And then I would have the student read it back to me, this is a dog. And I would clap my hands and say, look, you're a reader. And every student was so excited. So things of that nature to make the students not only feel successful, but self esteem. Fluency is based on raising self-esteem and those best practices of oral and taped reading, modeling especially, multiple modeling examples, and giving the students an opportunity to speak for themselves because, in essence, we think, we speak, we write, we read. That's true comprehension.
0: Wow, Bonnie, that was um, that was awesome. I wish I was one of your students.
1: <laughs> thank you so
0: much, Iris. Thank you so much, Bonnie. You have given us a better insight to the understanding of an effective reading program and stat- strategies teachers can implement in their classrooms to, in- to help increase fluency and raise comprehension. Bonnie, thank you again for being a guest today and sharing with us your experiences and the knowledge that you have with um with all your years of of being in the education field.
1: Thank you Iris and I appreciate the opportunity to be able to share with Luma's learning. Have a
0: great day. You as well. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.